Right, right, right. Welcome back in for another edition of the Sculptures Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brown Merkel. With me, as always, is Mike Anderson. Mike, how are we doing tonight? Doing all right. Staying positive. Staying positive, testing negative, Mike? That's right. Staying positive, testing negative. I mean, that's about all we can do right now, you know? I, I thought that Seattle was, was, was going to give it to us there for a second there after that last interception, and then we sit here and... Uh, yeah, we lose again to Seattle. I think the next chance we'll have to beat them at Seattle, barring playoffs, is 2024. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Um, I I don't know what what more you say. Uh, obviously, you know Minnesota jumps out to an early lead, plays really well. Um, 13-0, I think, at halftime, and and uh, as we'll cover here, had you know really three great chances to win the football game in the fourth quarter, uh, and unfortunately the players were in position, but just couldn't quite finish the play. Uh, all three of which would have resulted in Minnesota, you know, breaking. Uh, breaking the curse, if you will, getting that win and and really, I think really altering the mindset for many fans on the season. Um, you know, I think the win against Houston obviously brought a little bit of life back, uh, but to beat a Seattle team, an undefeated team, a team that was ranked, you know, pretty high in power rankings, which, you know, we're not a huge fan of here on the show, but still... Um, a nationally televised game to go in there and play well with everything we've had this year between, you know, Hunter and, and Barr and, and just a lot of new faces. I think, I think it would have done a lot of good for, for Minnesota. You know, let, let's just leave it at that. I mean, and, and to me, I look at that game and okay. So <clears throat> you say, yeah, we're, we're jumping up to early lead 13 to nothing. That to me, isn't a crazy lead. Obviously you feel good about that at the half, but then you go out there and within the first seven minutes of the second half, you're somehow down twenty-one to thirteen. I I don't know how that happens, and it it's to me it's frustrating with this team because you can see you can see the growth week by week, but they're still falling down in these big moments, and I don't know how that carries forward. I don't know if you can rely on that changing um, in, in year one for some of these rookies. Um, I, I just I, I don't know I don't know what that looks like going forward, but it's it's becoming frustrating because, like you said and like we've talked about, we've now lost two games by a total of two points. That to sucks. Two, to two really good football teams, you, you've lost them to a five and zero Seattle team, and then you've lost it to uh, what should be now tonight a four and zero they four and zero Tennessee team. So. You know, two teams that are playing pretty well. Uh, Tennessee, 
you know, just beat an undefeated team tonight, and they, they beat them pretty good. They beat the Bills. Uh, so, you know, I we typically don't get into the week-to-week comparisons. Well, he beat this team, so that means this team, whatever. But, you know, the point is Minnesota played two tough games against two good football teams and had a really great opportunity to win both of them and, and unfortunately didn't get it done. And I think what you're hinting at is is something that Minnesota fans – not only Viking fandom, but across the board, almost every sport, whether it be college or other professional teams, they just, they can't finish games. It's like, and, and you hear the cliche, you don't, they don't know how to win, you know, and, and it's something that you, you have the Breezes, the Mannings, the Bradys, the Rogers. They see, you knew Russ was going to go down and score that touchdown. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, and, and, and I don't know what it is, but, it just sometimes you have to eventually get over a hump, and I think it's a combination of veterans, um, you know, stepping up and making big plays. It's it's coaching, putting people in the right position, and we did some of that, but they just they couldn't get literally the last half yard to win the game. Well, and here's the thing: I look at if you're if you're really looking for bright sides out of this game, um, look at the decision making from Mike Zimmer. I mean, yeah. I think the fourth downs that he went for it on, um, you, you can be results-oriented and say, well, they didn't work out, so they were the wrong decision. No, that's just wrong. Because right. the ones he went for made complete sense to go for, and that last one there, you pick that one up, the game is over. The game yeah. is done. You get a field goal, you're still giving Seattle a chance to go down, get the touchdown, and get the two-point conversion and tie it. Um, so I have no problems with those decisions that he made. I think he put us in one of the best spots to win this game. I felt like with the personnel we have that we had in the game, he gave the defense the best chance to to succeed. It's just at this point personal performance is, is not executing to what they need to be. I mean, you know, we, we talk, you talk about Dantzler, Hughes, Gladney, they showed some improvement here, but... Holy cow, Dancer! You had a couple spots in there where you could not track the ball, you could, or you weren't covering your guy properly. It's like, you got to figure that out. You're you're sitting here, and you're at six games in, and you still can't track the ball. Like, what's going on, man? Well, and now granted, Dancer, what this was actually game two for him, maybe, or because he he was out right for a few games. So yeah, but he still got uh, practice, right? So I mean, he was limited in practice, could, but it's well, it's. But my mindset is, listen, you, I mean, DK Metcalf has emerged as one of the best receivers, you know, in the NFL right now. I think he's here. He's here to stay. Um, and you look at Dantzler, one-on-one coverage on the fourth and ten uh, after we failed to get the half yard. Russ kind of throws with the Hail Mary. Dantzler's tracking the ball better ahead of, Medca- ahead of Metcalf in that, I mean, he saw the ball before Metcalf even turned, and then he ends up either overrunning it or underestimating the athletic ability of Metcalf and the height and thinking there's no way he was going to be able to jump and get to that ball. But either way, I you can take a pro from it in that he he, he was where he needed to be and he, he's in position to make the play. The con is that he ultimately didn't make the play even though he was in the right position, which typically I, I think we view that as a, you know, it's coachable, right? And, and Zim is a guy that, is absolutely going to say, listen, you were where you're supposed to be. The play came to you. Now you just got to make the play. And I think you look at you look at that fourth and one, not to go away from the corners, but um, 
or fourth and a half yard where we could have won the game. And and Madison has a hole you could drive a truck through if he just cuts right. But yet he sees that little pocket, little seam, and and I understand it's a it's a quick moment. And he thought he could literally just dive. Unfortunately, the um, you know the guard and, and we kind of pulled every. They were almost falling down on him. Unfortunately, they mm-hmm. didn't stay upright. And um, you know it's just it, it's a game of inches, and you really. <laughs> You really, you literally saw it come down to a few inches on a few plays, um, three times, and it just it didn't go our way, and it seems like it never does in Seattle. One thing I will nitpick on, you know, I'll pick on the officiating for the the last play of the game. Yeah, that was not a fumble. That was a forward pass. We should have got right. one more shot at that. that. That pissed me off. I'm like, how do you send that up to New York and, and get that decision upheld? Like that's just stupid. That was that was a pass. Yeah, I agree. I think. You know, officiating is not the reason we lost that game, but I think no, Flowers no, should have been. No, no, not at all. Flowers should have been ejected for the helmet-to-helmet hit. Yeah. I'm not sure how that didn't go back up. Um, you know, there it is what it is, but, yeah, they're, you're right. Um, they, they, missed the, they messed up on that. So, what, we should have had six seconds, but we had a timeout. But So, I think right there you were at, like, our own 35 or 40, so you're probably just going to try to run a quick – eight yard out route to get to midfield to allow you one second to throw a Hail Mary. You know, they didn't have the time, unfortunately, to run the deep depth of route right. to get Bailey with a shot, especially in the rain. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hughes made a hell of a play, a couple of really good plays at the end of the game, in the end zone uh, on the third down. Uh, I can't remember if it was Metcalf or not, but um, ended up kind of catching the ball, but then Hughes, bats it out. I think Gladney made a n- couple nice plays. So, I mean, I think if you, you're, you're looking long-term, these guys are all 20, 22, 23 years old. Um, you can have some optimism, right? And, and it doesn't have to be for next year, two years from now. I think you can have optimism that they're going to watch the tape. They're going to improve. We've seen substantial improvements from week one and two. And so I don't think there's any reason to think that Atlanta, who's going to have at least one, if not two, very good receivers, you can continue to see improvement going into the bye, and and hopefully this team is able to, you know, uh, maybe rattle some wins off here. I mean, to me, if you lose to Atlanta, especially with a replacement head coach, you pack up the season because you're one and five at that point. What do you what do you do at, at that point going into the bye if you're one and five? So this you asked me last week is this a, is this you know season on the line. Versus Atlanta, season on the line. If you if you lose this game, you just pack up shop and, and plan for the draft. Yeah, and, and I mean, well, let, let me let me say two last things about the Seattle game before we jump there. One, Dalvin Cook, we've been singing his praise for a couple of years, and man, I mean, it, it, you've seen this year when he's healthy. I mean, I, I think right now with the injuries to McCaffrey, Saquon, a couple of those guys that. Um, are right up there. I, I mean, Dalvin's playing better than Zeke right now. He's he's. I think he's the best running back in the NFL at, at this current moment. Um, anytime he touches it, he just looks like he's a step or two ahead of everyone else. He's making mm-hmm. guys miss. Um, man, he's really trying to. He's really trying to get the you don't pay running back club uh, to say, hey, you know, maybe maybe I can uh, get on. Maybe you guys get on my back and and I'll show you that uh, you know I can take this team places. Well, I mean, he might have to. He might have yeah. to with, with this old line right now, but uh, 
Um, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right there. Obviously, I, I think it was a uh, put out there that it's unlikely he's going to play versus versus Atlanta. Um, obviously, with the bye coming up and, and that kind of an injury, that's one of those like a hamstring that can just linger and just just nag at you. So um, yeah, I, I I don't disagree with that with that uh, decision. I think Madison is probably 80-90% of what Delvin can do. Um, obviously, to me, Delvin's in the game and that fourth and inches, we win the game. I think he makes that cut and he makes it easily and he just he strides in for the for the touchdown there and it's over. Um, yeah. <laughs> Notwithstanding, I, I mean, though. I think you're right. And honestly, I think I, I, wanted, I wanted them to run. Um, I kind of was hoping they were going to do that quick uh, CJ hand, they were going to give it to the fullback, just that quick handoff, you know? Mm, yep. Um, I, I like that play a lot when you need a half yard. Uh, you know, so I was hoping for that. Otherwise running right behind hand. I mean, it is what it is. The play was in hindsight. It's the right play call because the hole is there. Yep. Um, but you know, Madison had a great game. I think he ran for 112, 117 yards. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a quiet game which is one of the surprises to me. Now I know Irv Smith got involved uh, more than he has at all this year, had a couple nice catches, um, but I was shocked. They didn't try to get Justin uh, Jefferson a little more involved just because of the last two weeks he's had. Now maybe Seattle was taking that away, um, but really quiet game. I think he only had two or three catches there. Uh, whereas Thielen, you know, obviously had the two scores to, to get us back into the game and, and, and give us the lead late. But um I don't know. There's not much more than you can say about that game. They were they had a couple opportunities. The third one we haven't alluded to was the final fourth down where they scored the touchdown. Uh, Anthony Harris was in a fantastic spot. Um, actually ended up hitting his arm, hitting the ball, but Metcalf just made a hell of a catch um, and and rolled over on it and, and maintained control. And um, again, I, I just it. It blows my mind that those three plays all were so close to going our way, and we only needed one of the three to go our way, and uh, it it just didn't work out that way, you know. Well, and that's that's the thing to me, you know. Sometimes you have those seasons where you you just you feel like you're not getting those bounces, and and um, to me, this season at least, it's felt a lot like that. We just haven't gotten those bounces. We've had yeah. a lot of things go. Um, in the reverse direction than you typically want in, in a football game. So, um, you know, yeah. sometimes that, that can flip on a dime. And sometimes that, that's just, that's just a story of your season where you have four five, six losses where you lose by two points because of, of, of something like that, or, or some weird penalty that kicks you back and, you know, but yeah, here we are, Mike, here we are. We're, we're going into Atlanta they have a couple good wide receivers. They still have Matt Ryan. Um, Todd Gurley, if I'm not mistaken, is, is yeah. still on that team. No fans in the Vikings stadium yet, so we're going to have that artificial crowd noise. Um, so how do we beat these guys, Mike? Well, I mean, the, the so far this year, it's just let them beat themselves, essentially. Um, so basically you know, what you're saying would... is, is we want them to get up to like a 25-point lead? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the case early on. And then the last two weeks, to be honest, um, you know, I was they played Carolina this week and I was actually out in uh, North Carolina for a wedding uh, this weekend. So I actually watched the game uh, with a bunch of Carolina fans and they 
they were just dejected the whole like no expectations uh or the atlanta fans that were there as well um and it just it just seems like you could also see on on the field atlanta just it looked like they didn't care i mean in the first half and and uh, i made the comment i'm like well if this doesn't change at halftime quinn's got to be gone um and it didn't change and and as you alluded to you know they got rid of the the head coach they got rid of the gm uh which I actually don't like, you know, because now you're going to have somebody coming in as an interim and, and trying to fire the guys up, rally the troops, and, um, you know, take that with, with a grain of salt. But um, I'm sure you will see a little bit of energy with Atlanta coming out this week. Uh, but Well, and, and that's, that's one of the, the extra points to this is um, you almost have to throw all your game planning out the window or, or a vast majority of it, and you can't rely on, okay, this is what these guys scheme for. Right, yeah. because you don't know what they're going to specifically do. I mean, yeah, you still have the OC and the DC there, but um, the play calling duties might be different. You know, the priorities might be different because the head coach isn't directing some of that stuff. It'd be like if all of a sudden Zimmer got fired, and now it's Kubiak running the show, and maybe Kubiak wants to be this more pass heavy, and Zimmer was had the directive, you know, to run more. The whole offense could change. So yeah. that, that's where it, it always scares me when you have a team coming off. Um, a firing like that, like for instance, Houston in in week five here, they go off, they they rattle off a win. I forget who they played, but you know they they take a win for their new interim coach, and you know it's it's one of those things where that can inject some life into the team, and you got to be really careful with that, especially when um, both teams are are seasons are not quite going the way they they hoped it'd start. Yeah, and I, I think Minnesota, what they need to do, I mean, listen. To put it simply, Atlanta has been moving the ball offensively. You know, Calvin Ridley's having a hell of a year. Gurley's having a nice bounce back year. Julio um, has been injured, but obviously a, a, a big threat when he's on the field. And Matt Ryan, you know, can still sling the football around. So mm-hmm. um, they can move the ball offensively. Defensively, they're one of the worst defenses in the league, especially through the air. Uh, so I, I think they've given up the second most yards. Seattle was the first, but they've given up 15 passing touchdowns, right? So they're giving up three a game through the air. Uh, so I think, you know, offensively, we need to make sure we can still, uh, you know, move the ball down the field through the air, right? And, and you're not going to have Dalvin to really set that up. You're going to need to rely on Madison. Um, I would almost expect, you know, maybe some more screens uh, to get, to get you know, open up some of those lanes for, for the Irv and, and Jefferson. But I think Cousins is going to have to play a good game. Um, so I think for me, the big focus is going to be, uh, Minnesota staying efficient offensively. You know, they were in the first half of Seattle, they were in the fourth quarter of Seattle, but we had a couple of those drives in the third, I shouldn't use the word drive. Um, but it was like, what are you doing? You know, it was the three out, the quick interception, the things that we've seen when Minnesota's playing badly that we're going to need to avoid, uh, to make sure we don't, you know, slip up to, to an own five Atlanta team, right? Because we've seen Atlanta put up points in a hurry. I mean, yeah, it's they have the weapons to do it. It's I, I think you're right there. It's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be more focused on can our offense bounce back at some of those missteps they took um, versus Seattle and in some of the the past transgression past transgressions we've seen in the, the the first couple games of the year where we didn't really look that sound. Can we get over that hump? Can we get back to, to what makes us Minnesota? 
get Jefferson back involved, get Irv Smith more involved. I think we've been saying that for the past two years. Um, the kid's got talent. He's got athleticism. Get him involved. Get him um, in some of those slant routes. And just he's going to break some tackles. Just let him go. Yeah. I mean, I, offensively, we know – we basically know what this offense is, right? You know, other than the Justin Jefferson addition, um, you know, we, we know what it's capable of. Uh, I think defensively is where – uh, we're continuing to learn. But you look at the bright spots. Eric Wilson had one of the best games uh, of his career probably last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you take that, him stepping in and, and having to play more minutes with the the injuries that we've had. Um, you look at these new corners that are getting healthy and coming in and now starting or forced being forced to play uh, big minutes against big quality receivers. So, uh, they're going get, to get another test here this week, and I, I think hopefully the defense can can uh, make some stops. They're going to have to get creative. You know, they're going to have to get creative against teams that can move the ball, and, and that starts this week. It continues on after the bye uh, where, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm already going to tell you it's a must-win game at Green Bay. Uh, this team, I, I think I said last week, they needed to win two of three uh Starting with the Seattle game, they, they obviously dropped that, so now they need to get the two. Um, mm-hmm. And the only way you're going to beat Rodgers, the way he's playing right now, is to get creative, give him some looks that he hasn't seen, uh, and, and generate some pressure. So uh, I, I can't imagine right now with what we're hearing that Daniil Hunter is going to be back anytime soon. And and so you're basically, defensively, you're, you've, got, you've got what you've got for the rest of the year, I would say. Uh, yeah, if, if not less barring any other future injuries. But, yeah, I think you're right on that. You have to assume Daniel Hunter is effectively dead for the season and plan on not having him. Maybe, maybe if they make a stretch run in the playoffs, he comes back for um wild card game, right? Um, yeah. But I think you're absolutely right. I don't think you go anyplace, um, especially you're not sniffing the playoffs unless you can start to take away – a win or two from some of these good these good teams like Chicago and Green Bay, um, and there's still some some not to look too far ahead in the schedule, but there are some still some teams upcoming um, that can throw down some points. So this defense has got to figure it out. It's got to figure it out in these big moments very quickly because we're about to be up against some playmakers in Atlanta, and then after the bye, like you said, Green Bay. You also have Dallas coming up. You have New Orleans coming up. You have Chicago twice, which I don't have to tell you how much. The Vikings have failed against Nick Foles, so. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It, it's one we got to get the easy win against Atlanta, and it should be a relatively easy win if they're 0 and five and, and drop games like they have. You, you know, you're doing the napkin math, you're doing the paper math. You should be able to beat that team. If you look at how we've lost our, our, our four losses, we should be able to beat that team. Yeah, I just think you know, that I look at that schedule and, and I see Atlanta, a team you got to assume we beat, right? So you're, you're two and four going into a bye. You're giving Zimmer extra time to go at Green Bay. Uh, clearly your most difficult game remain on the schedule. But after that, you have a slate of basically three-win teams, teams that don't even have three wins, a fair amount of that are at, I think you've got four of five at home after Green Bay. And yeah, Carolina, Tampa Bay, they're, they're three and two right now. But I don't even New Orleans. I don't think they've looked like the New Orleans of old. And, and Tampa Bay is still trying to figure things out. Brady, 
is is not it doesn't appear to be the Brady of old, right? And and we knew that coming in, but I think I think a lot of these games, especially when they're played in stadiums without fans, are a lot more winnable than than you would think. And so I'm looking at this going if they can win the next two, especially if they can go into Green Bay, get to three and four, build some momentum, and now you come home for four or five, they're gonna all of a sudden you're gonna gain some optimism. It's gonna be like, whoa, if if we can maybe go four and one here, all of a sudden you're two games above 500. And I know I'm jumping way ahead, but I think it starts with Atlanta. You get into the bye, and then you focus on ultimately the season going into Green Bay and you try to prove yourself. You've played hard against some of these good teams. You got to go in and get a win. Um, You know, I'm still optimistic right now. There's a long way to go in a weird season. Uh, I'm going to stick around for a few more weeks. So what is what is your cutoff point here, Mike? What point are you cut and bait and, and tanking for Trevor? I, I'm not I'm not going to get to that. No, I can envision. I mean, okay, we if we lose to Atlanta, let's say Atlanta rolls you, right? You have a game like uh, Buffalo from what two years ago was it? Um, Favored by thirteen and a half points, and you lose yeah. by twenty something. If if Atlanta comes in and wins like thirty eight to seventeen, and then we go you know, go into Green Bay and they just take care of business as well. And now all of a sudden you're uh, one and six, you know, all right, I'm still going to still going to be cheering for us to win football games. But yeah, at that point, the writing's on the wall. You're not probably rallying for, for the, the elusive seven seed. Um, but I think if, if you can, if you can beat Atlanta, um, I'm not going to tell you if you lose to Green Bay and all of a sudden you're two and five that you're going to lose me. Uh but realistically, I, I think if they don't win the next two, it's going to make the playoffs pretty difficult, even though we're really going to play most of the teams we're chasing. Um, you know, Realistically, I think two and five is probably too, too big of a hole to climb out of. You know, Mike, there's, there's a stat I wanted to bring up that uh, no one in four team has ever attained the seventh seed. Uh that that uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. For the uninformed that haven't paying attention to, or don't quite pay attention to much football as we do, seven seed is new. So yeah. <laughs> there's been no teams that have attained the seven seed yet. So. Yeah. I don't know, Mike. Uh, first seven seed to win the Super Bowl. You think that's possible? I. You know. I. I. I don't know that I, I thought it was uh, a Super Bowl year with all the youth that we had, but um, you know, I I just like to see this team continue to move forward, and and that's what uh, you know, that's really what kind of my mantra has been going from going into that Tennessee game was, listen, they need you need to show improvement, like because I I think one thing we didn't touch about is I think Zim is safe. But if they mm-hmm. come in and they're putting out the, the efforts Atlanta was and you, ju- you just have a team that looks like they don't care, that's when coaches are no longer safe. That's when you, know, you start to go into a full rebuild mode. So I think it's important that players are still out there playing hard. Um, you feel the energy. You see that they want to win um, mm-hmm. week in and week out. And, and so that's really what I'm looking for uh, because I think there's, there's pieces here that if – they develop the rookies develop that next year there's a chance that this team 
can be, you know, a, a team that isn't chasing a seven seed, right? Maybe maybe they're, right. they're in, in that in, in the conversation for three, yeah. two, maybe even if they rattle off the right wins, the one seed next year. Um, yeah, it's it, it's just it's uncanny. We've had what now seven years of Zimmer, six, and it's just it's it's always a up down thing. It's it's just weird. It's uncanny. I don't think I've ever seen it from another um, another coaching team. It's just. But it's odd year Zimmer. That's that's how it goes, right? It's yeah, um, odd even year Zimmer. It's 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 the duality of of a Vikings team, and you know we're no strangers to losing. But you know one of these times we got to win it all. One once before I die, Mike. Why why not this year? Hey, there you go. Why not this year? There you go. I I, I think I'm back, Mike. I think I'm back. All right. Oh God! Well, well. If you're back, what about your prediction for this week? Prediction for this week. Okay. Atlanta is going to score seventeen points. Okay. Minnesota is going to score thirty-four points. Okay. All right. Uh, That's where I'm at. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 31-20. Uh, Minnesota will win. I'm not going to. You know, it, it, it concerns me a little bit with the new coach. I think that mm-hmm. um, Atlanta's actually going to come in and and uh, put forth some effort. But ultimately, I think the injuries they've had defensively and the struggles in the secondary will be too much to overcome. So I think Minnesota feels in control most of the game, maybe up by two scores, uh, but Atlanta gets gets on the board a little bit later. Uh, we still have win- winning by double digits. We stay healthy, and we we gain a little bit of excitement going into the bye week, getting ready for Green Bay. Going on the bye, getting ready for Green Bay, getting a, a Delvin back that's it's hungry, hungry, ready for that win, um, and. Six or so games, you know, under the belt for all of our rookie cornerbacks, and they can they can handle the B squad of wide receivers that it appears Green Bay is running out every single week. Yeah. So, all right. So we're both predicting a Minnesota win. We are. Two and four. Two and four, and that that starts the train. Why can't we run can't, the table? And you know, can't get you know, to twelve and four unless you get to two and four. I mean, this is true, Mike. This is true. So let's go for 12 and 4. Let's go for that number 3 seed. No, it couldn't be number 3. It would be number 5. Because let's, let's be fair. Green Bay's going get, to get, get the division, right? Well, I most likely. I mean. That's another yeah. podcast, Mike. That's another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, touch right. it. We'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there, okay? But let's beat Atlanta first. Vikings are going to beat Atlanta. It's going to happen. Watch it happen. Get get excited for Green Bay, who I don't think is going to have fans when we play them, but that's another podcast. Um, Mike, that's it. Anything else before we say goodbye to our school faithful? Uh, no. No. Let's do it. Let's, let's go beat the coachless Atlanta Falcons and uh, see if we can not require a massive fourth quarter comeback to beat these guys because that's, that's our MO. We don't want to do that. Dominate from, from, from the word go. Let's go. Skull, baby. Skull!